Well, greetings to everyone this morning, and welcome in Jesus' name. Welcome to everyone, visitors and home folks alike. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? What a blessing to have the Word of God from from heaven given to us. Bible says that God has spoken to us in these last days by his son. And that's a blessing to be able to gather and meet in his name and in his word and be encouraged and blessed. I hope that's everyone's experience today. That we all get encouraged and blessed. Had some very deep things already all upon our ears this morning so far, so I'm thankful for that. I would like to speak, bring a message this morning to us that has to do with priorities. Many things are important in life, but we have to figure out what's most important. God gave us that responsibility. We're going to be talking about priorities. I don't think that there's anyone here that is ignorant of the Christian life, things we should do and things we shouldn't do. Many of you here have sat on these two front rows since you were little and you heard teachings like we heard this morning, what's wrong, what's right. And so I think most of us have a very good idea what's wrong and what's right and what God would have us to do or what God does not want us to do. While that is so important and good and right, and we're blessed to have that privilege for many of us to sat in church, have sat in church from little on up and heard these things. But that in and of itself is still not enough. That song, the last song that David led us to sing this morning, uh like to make a few comments about that. Father, in thy mysterious presence. The last two lines, uh, actually, no, it's the next to the last lines. It says, for we are weak and need some deep revealing. That's what we need today. Last line says, now make us strong. We need thy deep revealing. For God's Holy Spirit to take the word that we already know and have hidden in our hearts like the children learned this morning, for God's Holy Spirit to take that word and open it up to our hearts. That's what we need. We already know it up here. But when God's Spirit opens up our eyes, then we know it down here. And that's 
what we need. And I hope all of us feel the need for that. The need for that revealing. The need for the Spirit of God to work in my life. And it's, well, it's been a long time now since the Lord came to this earth as a baby, around 2,000 years. And there was something that happened when the Lord came that I want to mention here and actually have it as the title of the message this morning. And that is about the wise men that came from afar to seek the Lord. And the title of the message today is, Wise Men Still Seek Him. With the emphasis being on the still. Brothers and sisters, we can have so much hidden here. But that desire, that longing that we have to seek God. To seek the Lord. To seek the Lord that he would reveal his word to my heart. It says these wise men came from afar saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And it's interesting that I believe the Lord must have led them to Jerusalem and Jesus wasn't in Jerusalem. He was in Bethlehem. And, but apparently God wanted the king, God wanted these three wise men to meet up with this king. I don't know why all he had that happen, but he did. And it troubled King Herod when he heard that there is a king being born. But you know the story. He made this uh, requests of them that after they find him, they should come back and tell him where he is, and then he wants to come and see him. But the Lord told them different. But anyway, they followed the star. They went out from the presence of the king there, and they saw his star again, and it said they rejoiced with exceeding joy when they saw his star. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Oh, dearly beloved, it still works that way today. When we find the Lord, when our eyes are open, when we see the babe, as it, as it were, More than just in our heads, more than just by our knowledge, but when we see him with the revelation of the Lord, we worship. Amen? We worship. And out of that worship flows gifts from our heart. We give ourselves to him, and that's what the Lord wants. Not necessarily gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, but he wants your heart, he wants my heart, he wants us. And it all happens, it all starts when we seek him. 
I'm going to be lifting up the priority this morning of seeking the Lord. Waking up from your night of sleep and feeling the need to seek the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord God, Emmanuel, God with us. Father, in thy mysterious presence here this morning, we have gathered in Jesus' name. We have come to seek you. We need you, Lord. We need some deep revealing. This morning, God, as the word has already come to us and and we trust more yet to come, Father in heaven, reveal by your spirit what we need to see, O God, this morning. Bless us, dear God. We're here, Lord. We're here, Lord, this morning. God, first of all, because we love you and we're here to worship you, God, and we've gathered in the name of Jesus, Father, and we pray, oh God, that you would teach us by your word this morning this important principle of seeking God. It's not enough just to hear about him. It's not enough just to know about him. But like the wise men, we got to get up and go and seek him till we find him. And fall down and worship him. Oh God, may that become a reality, dear God, for every soul in this room, dear God. That we would be seekers and searchers, and longers, hungering and thirsting after the living God. Oh God, please help me to teach this, Lord. Please help me, dear God, to convey the message this morning. I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You know, it's that time of the year that people crawl into their closets or up into their attics and they get these little relics, these little figures out, you know, and they probably brush the dust off of them and they're plastic and they're dead and they, there's no life in them and they, they, they're all painted up with paint because that's all they can do and they get them and they get they make these little nativity scenes and they set them out in their yard and there you see these these men these wise men with their staff standing and looking at the manger where this little baby is laying and of course you know that means very little to us but i had to think about that when in reality dearly beloved Many years ago, this was, a, this was a big deal. 
God spoke to these three men, these wise men. I guess there were three. God spoke to these men, and they saw his star, and they followed that star till they found him. God had spoken to these men. Oh, let's not let these plastic figurines water that down and and make that thing small. But let's, let's remember the reality of this event. When they fell down and they worshipped God come in the flesh. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But you know what? We wouldn't have that story if they would have stayed in their beds, if they would have stayed at home, if they would have said, well, it's a nice idea. But they got up, they got on their camels or whatever, however they traveled, and they sought after him till they found him. And so Jesus says today to us, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He did not intend that to mean only at salvation. You know where we often use this verse? It's the only way you can get saved is to come to Jesus, and it's so true. But isn't it just as true? It's the only way to have a meaningful and a growing and a maturing walk with God is to continue to seek Him. It's the only way. He did not intend it to stop at salvation, but every day to seek Him for the way. To seek Him for truth. We hear so much yap today. What is truth? I'll tell you where it is. You find it when you seek it in Jesus. And to seek Him for the life. He is the life. He is the essence of life. He is what exhilarates us. He is what animates us when we find him. You know what? I don't know. I'm sure you found it this way if you take inventory, but I have seen in my life when I, when I let this thing go, when I lose out in seeking the Lord, in feeling my need to, to, to get a hold of God, in feeling my need to have this word revealed to my soul. You know, I want it to burn like it did for those men on the way to Emmaus there. They said, didn't our hearts burn when he spoke? Amen. Amen. That's what we need. And, and when we stop seeking that, the word begins to not burn so much anymore. And we can read it without being moved. We can read it without being touched. Oh, wise men still seek him today. And I have seen in my life when I stop seeking the Lord and not making it a priority, things get off track alarmingly fast. It doesn't take long till your heart is cold You seem disconnected. Tozer said, A.W. Tozer said, God never intended for us to get along without him. 
God never intended us for us to get along in life without him. He went on to say that a man, though a man, uh, uh, quote, the whole scripture and put it in his mind. He said, if that is all the further it goes, if there is no seeking after God, if there is no praying, if there is no searching, he said that man goes wrong at every turn of the way. He misses Jesus at every turn of the way. Though he has it in his heart, he misses the divine appointments. So God never intended for us to get along without him. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And even in Jesus' own example, you might recall how often he was out seeking the Father. Brothers and sisters, the temptation and the danger is always there to to slack off on this one. Because it takes it takes effort. It takes effort. And the Christian life is not complicated, dearly beloved. But if we get our priorities mixed up, things begin to get complicated. We know what the Christian life should look like. We know the fruits that should come out of our lives. We know that. We know how we should act. We know the good works that, should, that Christians should have. We know how we should be living, and on and on and on the list could go. But it comes out so much better when all those things are an outflow of the inflow. You understand? It comes out so much better when all are doing and all are going and all are saying and all our being is an outflow from having been in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That simplifies it. That takes out the complications of it. It just becomes part of us. It's spontaneous. It's genuine and it's real. And that's what we should all long for. That my Christian life is an outflow of the inflow. Wise men Remember, still seek him today. There are many important things in the Christian life. The challenge is to keep the main thing the main thing. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, where is our gaze? What are we looking at? How is it going in our, in our life on this, in this area? Coming down now to my first point here. I kind of gave that as an introduction. So my first point is, is considering the life of David briefly. We all love David, that boy that brought down that giant. He is a hero to us. We, We think of David as someone that we'd like to be like. He played skillfully upon his harp and he was a skillful warrior and, and, and on and on the list could go. He was a faithful shepherd to his dad's sheep. I believe the people loved him. He was a great psalmist. Think of all the, all the psalms that David wrote. 
Where did that all come from? What was the, what was the root of all of that? Well, I'd like to, to suggest it was he kept the main thing, the main thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Turn with me to Psalms 27, if you would. And we'll learn three or four points here this morning. Hopefully I won't keep us too long. But I would like to stir up, make beautiful, make you desire this thing of seeking the Lord if you're not doing it currently. But in Psalms 27, verse 1, we have David's testimony, a beautiful testimony. Oh, I, 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 I trust this is all our heart's desire. The Lord is my light. What lights you up? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is, my, is the strength of my life. The Lord is. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Here and now. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I would like to suggest this is the one thing that made David a man after God's own heart. I believe David figured this out early in life and made it a priority in his life. Let's just look at a few of these words here quickly. One thing have I desired. That means I have requested one thing. And I will seek after that till I have it. It means to search out by any method specifically in worship and prayer. One thing have I desired, that will I seek after, that I may dwell. That means to sit down, to settle, to marry. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David said, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. David had such a burning desire to be there at the temple where his honor was, where God's presence was. He said, for a day in thy court is better than a thousand. He just couldn't wait to get to church, to go to the house of the Lord. And he desired it. He made it a priority. Just for your consideration, a question. When was the last time you took a day, a day off 
to spend in the house of the Lord. Just with a song book, with a Bible, you and God, and maybe another book. But you spend some time singing to the Lord and worshiping Him and seeking Him for perhaps something, a need in your life. And you just take a day and spend it in the house of the Lord somewhere, waiting on God, listening to the Spirit of God, reading through the Word, singing the hymns, worshiping Him, pouring out your heart to God, telling Him your struggles, telling Him your needs, crying out to Him for some great revealing or even a small revealing from the Lord. I recommend that. I recommend that to all of us. To behold the beauty of the Lord. The beloved apostle John said that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, to have a revelation upon our hearts of Jesus like that. To see him as a savior full of grace and truth. That will change your life. And you can do that the second day and the third day if you want to. And you will never get to the bottom of it. Paul said that in Christ are unsearchable riches in Ephesians 3.8. Unsearchable riches. So David says here in, in verse 4, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This is still going in a little deeper now. When you inquire, this is not what we would think of the word inquire like to ask. We've already done that. But what this means that you, you inspect, you admire, you, you care for and you consider. And I get the picture that you have gotten now from the Lord what you're wanting. And it's like you, you, you have got that revealing. God has spoke to your heart and now you sit there and you ponder what you just heard. It's like a diamond. You look at it from this angle and you see one color and you consider it and you see yet another color as you sit there and you ponder your inquiry. You're inspecting, you're plowing is another definition of this word inquire. You're plowing, you're looking deeper and deeper into this revelation that God gave you. You have, you hold, as it were, what you ask for and you plow upon it. One thing have I desired above all else. Doesn't mean you don't, we don't have other desires, doesn't mean we have other responsibilities, but there's this desire there that is, is a priority. Number two, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> Verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house 
And she had a sister called Mary, who, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Note that. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. One thing is needful. Now the one thing needful here, the one big thing was the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, who was God come in the flesh, sat in Martha's living room and she allowed her priorities to get mixed up. All of a sudden she thought it was more important to worry about food and serving than it was to sit at Jesus' feet and listen. You know, Jesus taught a lot about serving, and maybe Martha thought, surely he'll get on her bandwagon if she makes this request and tell Mary to go help her serve, because serving's important. But not now. Jesus was here. Jesus was here. And maybe... Maybe he had gotten so practical to to speak to Martha and say, Martha, we don't need seven desserts and all the fine china. We had a little food. That's enough. Quit worrying about it and come and listen to my words. Maybe that's what he was saying. Whatever the case, Mary sat and heard his words. Think about uh, about this with me. This was a man that... At another time, people were astonished at his words. The the officer said, never any man spake like this. And we wonder, how could Martha be scurrying around the house, worrying about food, when this unusual speaker was in her house? How could she do it? How could she miss it? I don't think it's that hard. I think we miss it many times. I think we, we get more concerned about the food and the dishes and the serving too often. And we miss the gracious words that come from his lips that are life-changing. Remember, wise men still seek that. Wise men still seek that. Turn with me to Mark chapter 10 for our third point. We have a very sobering word of of Jesus here. This is his encounter with the rich young ruler in Mark 10 verse 17. We're talking about priorities. And when he was gone forth, Mark 10 verse 17... And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. 
Do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Wow. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Yet his priority is right. You know, I, I told you in the beginning that men can memorize the scripture and still miss it. This guy missed it. He knew the scriptures. He went so far as to say, I've lived a pretty upright life. I, I know I've done that. But Jesus said, you missed it. You missed it still. You have your priorities right. Adam Clark says, this young man had perhaps been a saint and an eminent apostle had he been poor. But he left his riches get in the way, and he no longer felt that need to seek after God. You know, I got it. I can do it. I got money. I can buy it. Beware. Beware of that. That wars against seeking after God. Oh, the deceitfulness of riches. This account behooves us to do some deep soul searching. We live in America. We live in, in an affluent society. If we don't have money to buy it, we can take a loan and get it early. Pay no interest for half a year. Jesus says, one thing thou lacks. It was a heart that felt its need for Jesus. May we ponder this deeply. The fourth and final point, you can turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Paul said, this one thing I do. Remember, we're talking about priorities. We're, we're talking that the Christian life is not that complicated if we, if we get this. It's not that complicated. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Listen to this man of God. Give us some counsel. This man saw the Lord in his glory. So much so it struck him off his beast that he was riding on. This is his counsel to us. Are you listening? I don't count myself to have apprehended or that means that I have claimed everything there is to claim. 
But this one thing I do, this saint tells us, I forget those things which are behind. I reach forth unto those things which are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here's a man that had a lot going for him, religiously speaking. You you probably know his credentials that he talks about. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees and so on. He had a lot going for him. He had pretty good education. But Paul had to, on purpose, make it a one thing for him, a priority to lay down his credentials. Paul had to make it a priority to come to grips with the fact that he was fighting against God. When, when, when he saw the Lord, God asked him that question, why is it hard? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Saul, why are you kicking against the pricks? Paul had to come to grips with the fact that he was kicking against God. And Paul also later on calls himself the chiefest of sinners. These were things that Paul had to accept and then to leave in his past. And to go on from there and to reach forth for the Lord's forgiveness. To seek God for that on a daily basis. Perhaps he was walking down the street one day and he saw a child of someone that he was partly connected in. In martyring the father. Perhaps he saw a family who he was responsible for putting into prison after his conversion. And the condemnation and the things that wanted to come down upon him, as he saw that, he had to forget about those things and press into the Lord's forgiveness. He was a man just like you and me. The devil was out to get him as hard as anyone else. The devil sought Paul, I believe, to the very end to trip him up. But Paul said, there's one thing I do. He kept it simple. Forget the past, press into the future. He sought to be like his Lord and he sought to fulfill his calling. That was Paul's drive. Paul kept this as a priority to the end of his life. And you can turn with me to 2 Timothy to read Paul's testimony. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now all of us here, we're somewhere in the race. Some are probably closer to the finish line than others. We don't know if our brother Moses is still alive this now or not. He has passed away. Paul says he got word that he, he passed away. He stepped over the line. He's there. He finished his course. For some of you that don't know, Brother Mose, founder of the charity churches, probably you, all of you know that. One of them died this morning, I guess, sometime from COVID. He was very bad off. We knew that last night, and it looked like he was going to pass away. 
Well, all of us are on this journey. All of us want to make it. All of us want to step over that line and hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. All of us want to receive that crown of righteousness which we read here in 2 Timothy 4 that is laid up for us. All of us want to do that. But dearly beloved, how are we faring on the way? Are we keeping, are we keeping our priorities right? Are we, are we still seeking the living God? Are we pressing into that? These men were who they were because they did these things. I believe it with all my heart. They kept it simple. One thing have I desired, that will I seek after. One thing is needful to sit at Jesus' feet and allow his word to be revealed to us. And not be so worried about other things. Yes, there's times that we need to do that, but when was the last time that you put those other things away with a goal and you locked the door Lord, I have shut the door. And you listen, and you waited, and you sought the Lord. So all of us are on this journey, some closer than others. Obviously, Brother Moses is right there. Paul said in verse 6, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. It's more than in here. Brothers and sisters, it needs to be in here. A living, vibrant, invigorating faith. Wise men still seek him. Will you, will I be one of those? Amen. Will you, will I be one of those that says, my past is back there. I'm pressing in. I think I'll leave it with that. May God bless his word.